to another episode of the Nurse Gideon Angle. Listen, nursing is not for the faint of heart. I have experienced or witnessed some of the issues I discuss on the podcast. As a matter of fact, the reason I am so passionate about these issues is due to my connection with them. Now, some of you listening have not had the chance to process some of the anxiety, the trauma and pain associated with your experience in nursing. I hope you find the courage to do so. I hope you find the courage to seek therapy if you need to. I hope you find the time to take a break and practice some self-care. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your loved ones. In the meantime, building and maintaining resiliency is an important step towards preserving your physical, psychological, and spiritual health. So on today's episode, I will be presenting seven strategies to help every nurse build and maintain resiliency. The first four of these strategies pertain to the physical, the next two deals with the psychological, and the last spiritual. But at the end of the day, these are all interconnected and meant to produce a resilient, healthy you. So let's go. Number one, nutrition. I know what you're thinking. Gideon, this is a no-brainer. Everyone and their grandmama know that you should invest in proper nutrition. That's true, but is this the case all the time? No. Remember, it doesn't matter if you received your nursing education from the very best nursing school in the world and went on to pass the NCLEX with only 75 questions on your first try. If your body fails, then all that is for nothing. You have to take the time to invest in the only structure that is capable of executing and delivering care to your patients. Yes, you are brilliant, but your physical body does the work, right? So you need to fuel that body with what it needs to perform. Now, the World Health Organization considers this a healthy diet. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains like oats, wheat, and brown rice, 400 grams of fruits and vegetables per day. And this excludes potatoes, sweet potatoes, and other starchy roots. It says less than 10% of total energy intake should be from free sugars. And that is sugars added to foods or drinks by the manufacturer or the consumer. Less than 30% of total energy intake should be from fats, preferably unsaturated fats. That is those found in fish avocado and nuts and in sunflower soybeans uh, canola and olive oil avoid saturated fats found in fatty meat butter palm or coconut oil cream cheese definitely avoid trans fat of all kinds including industrially produced trans fats found in baked and fried foods and prepackaged snacks and foods such as frozen pizza pies cookies biscuits wafers cooking oils, and spreads. Additionally, a healthy diet is one with less than 5 grams of salt, which is equivalent to about 1 teaspoon per day. And then the salt should be iodized. My question is, is this your daily diet? Maybe not. It certainly is not mine, but we can all do better. But it starts with the right information, which is what I'm trying to provide in this episode. So, That was it. Number one, proper nutrition. 
Number two is hydration. Hydration is so important because water makes up a large portion of your body weight and involved in a plethora of bodily functions. So here are some of the benefits of water. It helps to deliver oxygen throughout the body. Why? Because blood carries oxygen to different parts of the body and blood is more than 90% water. It boosts skin health and beauty. Dehydration causes the skin to become more susceptible to skin disorders and premature wrinkling. Water lubricates the joints. Extended dehydration can decrease the joint's ability to absorb shock, leading to joint pain. Water helps to regulate body temperature because water is stored in the middle layers of the skin. So it comes to the skin surface as sweat when the body heats up. As it evaporates, it cools the body. Water forms saliva and mucus. Saliva helps to digest our food and keeps the mouth, nose, and eyes moist. So these are some of the benefits of water. Nurses especially understand the consequences of hemodynamic imbalances, right? But what happens is we get so busy that we forget to practice adequate water intake. I remember my first nursing job at Grady Hospital in Atlanta. I started in the ER department. That was probably not a very bright idea uh, just because of the intensity. It was such an intense place. But I love the place. Uh, perhaps one of the best experiences of my nursing career because I learned so much. I don't know about the conditions now, but back then it was not uncommon to go several hours without stopping to hydrate, at least for me, because it can get very, very busy. Now, during one shift, I probably went for six hours without drinking any water. And when I finally stopped to use the restroom, yo, the color of my urine was dark brown. I was like, Lord, what is happening to me? Yes, I was nervous. I scheduled a visit to my PCP who ordered a urine analysis and culture result UTI. Now she gave me some back trim and I was better in about a week, but it could have been worse. Now, some of you listening to this episode have probably had similar experiences. Nurses forget to provide their bodies with life giving water. We just do sometimes. Because you're so focused on providing great care to your patients that you neglect what you need. You neglect what you need, what your body needs. Dehydration is a primary contributor to heat exhaustion. The CDC recommends you hydrate before, during, and after work. Men should get about 125 ounces of water a day and women about 91 ounces and that includes not just drinking water, but water coming from all food sources. So take the time and hydrate. Your body will love you for it. All right. Number three, apparel. And by apparel, I mean scrubs and footwear. Scrubs and footwear. I think the one important rule of thumb when it comes to scrub is comfort and fit. Just ask yourself. Will I be comfortable in this scrub for a full shift? If the answer is yes, then by all means, buy and rock that scrub. Now, I understand that there are fashionable scrubs out there. 
like my man Dion Sanders says, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. <laughs> I don't know about that pay part, but you, you get my drift. There's nothing wrong with walking around the unit with a loose swag. And if that scrub is also comfortable, then that's a win-win. Now, when it comes to your footwear, that's, that's a different issue, right? Because it should really not be about fashion or style, but completely about safety, comfort, support, and adequate blood flow. Okay? Because discomfort or pain is one of the ways your body tells you you don't have the right support, that you're lacking proper support. Now, ignoring this important signal can then lead to problems in your feet, legs, hips, and lower back. Now, I am not a shoe fitting specialist, but the consensus, I think, is that your footwear should be firm enough to provide support to reduce the stress on the bones, ankles, knees, hips, and lower back as you perform your daily nursing tasks. The failure of your footwear to offer enough support may impair your ability to be your best. Not to mention, a footwear without sufficient grip may lead to slips, falls, and injuries. Now, you all know these hospital floors can be smooth and slippery. So, family, please invest in the right footwear. Number four, physical activity. Nurses know and they preach the importance of physical activity to their patients. But do we adhere to our own preaching? Is it a priority? It needs to be a priority for obvious and maybe not so obvious reasons, right? It improves brain health, help to maintain weight, reduce the risk of disease, strengthens bones and muscles, and improve your ability to do your everyday activities. According to the CDC, adults who sit less and do any amount of moderate to vigorous physical activity gain some health benefits. The recommendation is about 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week and two days of muscle strengthening activity. Now, I know what you're thinking. I can get all my physical activity during my shift. Now, that may be true. But do you perform strength training while working? Probably not. I mean, I get it. Lifting and turning patients are forms of strength training. But it's one thing to be engaged in these sort of passive strength training at work. It's another thing to dedicate some time towards that physical activity, right? Where the sole purpose is to build strength and endurance. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So invest in it. Plan for it. Number five. Friendship. Friendship. Everyone needs a friend. You need a friend, preferably a nurse friend. Someone who understands the nature of the job. And can offer an empathetic word of encouragement and advice. You need someone who understands how it feels to lose a patient, for instance. Someone who understands incivility and racism in a workplace. Someone who understands foot pain, back pain from 
working a 12-hour shift without any breaks. You need someone you can grab a drink with and just vent. You need an outlet. Now, I said nurse friend, but this person doesn't necessarily have to be a nurse friend. It could be your best friend. It could be a family member. But in my humble opinion, having someone who truly understands the struggles of the nursing profession is vital. Nevertheless, having someone who can listen to your feelings of anxiety, trepidation and frustration is so important to your psychological health. And by the way, this is why nurses should consider psychotherapy. Listen, nurses, we are not superheroes. Don't fall for that, Monica. You are a human being with exceptional skills that saves lives. You have emotions. You feel pain. And it's okay to pause and seek professional help if you need to. In the meantime, find a friend. Someone with a shoulder you can lean on. Okay? So that was number five, friendship. We're almost there, guys. Number six, breaks. By breaks, I mean during your shift and breaks from work itself. You need time to get away from the work environment to refuel, recharge, and heal. Listen, you need to learn how to love on yourself. Pamper yourself. Treat yourself. Go on that vacation. Take a staycation. Just take a break from work and practice some self-care. Practice some self-care like my dear friend Terry Ramsey would say. Self-care is key. You have to practice some self-care. It's okay. Self-care is not selfish. I believe taking breaks will help you recover from work-related stress and enhance your performance. Breaks can help you restore energy and psychological resources. Don't brag about not requiring breaks because you are a superhero. You love work so much. I love what I do. I don't feel like I need a break. Yo, listen, if you drop dead today, that hospital will post your position the very next day. So take your break. Number seven. Faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. See, my faith in God gave me the strength to deal with a lot of struggles as a brand new nurse. And that faith still sustains me today. Now, I am sensitive to the fact that some listening may not subscribe to my belief system as a Christian. But hear me out for a minute. Even if you're not a Christian, there is still some lesson here. See, my faith in Jesus sustained me when I lost a patient I had grown fond of. Sustained me when I had to cry with a grieving family. That faith sustained me when I was completely exhausted. That faith continues to sustain me to this day. Now, some believe in a higher power, and I respect that. All I'm saying is that I cannot discount the impact of Jesus in my life. 
And for those that do not subscribe to my belief system, I'll say this. You still have to believe in something greater than you. Something greater than your circumstances, your troubles. So there you have it. The seven strategies to building and maintaining resiliency. Nutrition, hydration, apparel, which is scrubs and footwear, physical activity, friendship, breaks, and faith. Mary Kay Ash said, don't limit yourself. Many people limit themselves to what they think they can do. You can go as far as your mind lets you. What you believe, remember, you can achieve. Listen, family, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Nurse Gideon. You can also email me at Gideon at NurseGideon.com. That's Gideon at NurseGideon.com. I want to hear from you. I appreciate your support. I love you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be well. <laughs>